Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is awesome to be here with you. I'm so glad that you're taking some time to come and be together with us to celebrate what God is doing in us and through us in the community around us and the world at large. We've been talking about a sermon series over the past four weeks called Let There Be Light. And it's this idea that we just so desperately need to have God's light and love in our world. And, and we've looked at the fact that light overcomes darkness, and, we, and, and so in so doing, that light um, removes fear that light gives us perspective, that light illuminates our path, and that light moves us forward. If you're a visitor here, you picked a great time to come and hang out with us because we are focusing on what God is doing in us and through us so that we can be more like Jesus Christ. And my hope is that in us, you'll find a group of folks that are passionate about Jesus Christ but we know we're not perfect. We're, we're trying to be more like Jesus each and every day, and we want to invite you to come with us on this journey, a, a journey of faith, a journey of growth, a journey of experience where we can come to know better each and every day this God who has done so much for us. Uh, and so you're invited to come along with us and partner with us and, and keep coming back and keep growing in this online community. So thank you for, for checking us out. Thank you for partnering with us. And, and let's see where we can go from here. Uh, we've been talking about, like I said, let there be light. One of the things that um, I've always been interested in, uh, ever since I can remember, and maybe it's because I love science fiction, I don't know, but ever since I can remember, uh, I've been interested in astronomy. Not astrology, no, no, but astronomy, yes. The, the, the heavens and the heavenly bodies, the way that they move and the way that they interact and comets and asteroids and meteors and all of the things that make up space. I enjoyed it so much so that I thought to myself when I was in college, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to take an astronomy class. Maybe I could do astronomy for a living. That would be cool. I like space. And we can go out and we can set in a field and put up a big telescope and I can look at space through the telescope. What, what amazing stuff am I going to see? It's so exciting. What I learned, however, is that astronomy is a whole lot of math, like a whole lot. And I was quickly uninterested in continuing that uh, as a career path because um, while I enjoyed the, the, uh, the views, the aspects, the pictures that we had from Hubble, the, the, all of the things that we had, I, I really did not like the math. And, and while we need it in order to move through space and understand how things move, uh, it just wasn't for me. But that has never stopped my passion for space itself. On my, on my home desktop, the background is a nebula because it's just so beautiful. I mean, God has done some amazing stuff in space uh, and, and it just leaves so much, uh, so much open to, the, to my imagination of, of hope and, and excitement. And, and it just, the colors uh, and the richness of the, the things that are going on, it just amazed me. Uh, and, and I also, on my phone, I have this picture, which is a picture of the moon. 
Um, and this, this picture is actually made up of 170 pictures. So if you get it, it's a massive picture. But you can zoom way in. I mean, you can see the ridges on the craters. You can do all kinds of stuff. This one is not quite that big. Uh, but you can zoom into it, and, and, and it's amazing to take a look at. And what fascinates me about the moon is... Uh, over all of the other heavenly bodies, over everything else, it is one of those things that just is, um, is always present with us, right? I mean, we look up and sometimes we can see certain stars or sometimes we can see certain planets, but the moon is always with us. We might not see it in the evening, we might see it during the daytime, uh, but the moon, is, it's so cool. Um, and what you may not know is that the moon is in a geosynchronous orbit. Uh, that means that one one side of the moon is always facing the planet. It rotates exactly at the same rate around the earth as it, when it goes around the earth, it's always facing the same direction. That's why we say dark side of the moon. Um, but all of that just goes to say, hey, we've got uh, this cool heavenly body that we can go and check out every night almost, or, or most nights, and see it uh, when there's no cloud cover. And what's interesting to me about the moon, when we look at the pictures of the moon, um, it's all this bright and white and reflective, um, and it, it reflects the light from the sun. It, it doesn't put off its own light. The moon isn't a light unto itself. Uh, and there's nobody living there currently, uh, so it, there's no lights on the moon, but it reflects the light that the sun puts off. And, and to me, that's, that's really interesting. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but the, the moon only reflects about 3 to 7%. 7% on the brightest of nights, and 7% of the moon's reflection actually is bright enough to cast a noticeable shadow. And this boggles my mind that, that only 7% of the light that is bouncing off of the moon uh, reflects, and it's that bright. And, and why I think this is so relevant, why we've started by talking about astronomy, is because our lives, our hope, and our job title really is this, uh, we're to reflect the light of Christ to the world. Jesus said we're... we're uh, to be the light of the world. We're, we're not to hide our, light, our lamp under a, a bowl, but instead to, to boldly shine and, and let others see the light of Jesus Christ in us so that we can share his life, his love, his grace with everyone that we come in contact with so that they can come to life in Jesus Christ. We're called to be the light. Uh, and it's not our own light, we're not emanating our own light, but it's reflecting the light of God, the light that God has given to us and, and allows us to share with others. And, and, and we are a special possession of God's so that we can reflect God's light and love into the world. In, in 1 Peter it says this, but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, into his marvelous light. So we've been called out of the darkness into 
Jesus' marvelous light, and, and the Father wraps himself around us and offers himself to us, and, and we can become radiant. And, and I don't know about you, but uh, I, I, I love that concept, the concept of, of reflecting the light and love of Christ into the world. It's not the first time in the Bible that this concept actually happened. Uh, it happened really early on. In the book of Exodus, there's this guy named Moses, and he uh, went into Egypt, and, and God used him to free the, the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And he led them out into the wilderness and went up on the mountain of God. And Moses and God met on the mountain, and when Moses came back down, he was radiant it says, now we don't know exactly what that means, but it says this in Exodus. It says, when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. They were afraid to come near him. And I, I, you know, that makes perfect sense, right? Somebody comes down from the mountain meeting with God and they're glowing. And we don't know, like I said, what, what that radiance looked like. But my imagination goes crazy. Like it's got like glowy light vapors floating off of Moses' face when he comes down. Whatever it was, it was enough to terrify the Israelites. And Aaron was like, hey, bro, you got you to put a veil on or something because people are afraid you're going to shoot laser beams out of your eyes. They didn't know what laser beams were then, but whatever. Uh, that, 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 you're going, that, that God's radiance is going to somehow judge them and find them falling short. And so they said, Moses, put a veil on when you go into the presence of God, uh, when you come back from the presence of God so that we're not terrified. And then when, when the radiance fades away over time, you can take the veil off and, and, and return to regular, regular walking around without a veil. You know, can you, can you please do that? And Moses said, absolutely, I can do that. I understand why you would be terrified. And so every time Moses would go on the mountain and meet with God, he would then put the veil on when he came back down. And, and the people weren't as afraid of Moses because he looked just like he had in the past, except he was wearing a veil. And so this protected them in their minds and in their understanding of what God was doing. And so uh, for us, though, for followers of Jesus, we are called to be different. We're not called to wear a veil. We're actually called to radiate our Father's love into the world, to, to shine back the light that, that we have already received and has come into our lives and made a difference, to shine that back into the world in love and in grace and in compassion and making a difference for Jesus Christ in everything we do. Actually, in Corinthians, Paul wrote a letter to the church in Corinth, and it says this, we are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away, that, that the radiance which, which eventually faded away. We're, we're not like Moses on that because we should be radiant. We should be the ones that, that, that are noticed, are, are visible, are called out. And it continues and says this, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is Spirit. 
We're tra- being transformed into his image, into the image of God, this, this vision of radiance that, that is because our lives have been so transformed by the presence of the Holy Spirit within us that we're being shifted from the inside out to be more and more like Jesus. And our radiance, which is not from ourselves, but from the love and grace of God, is something that then overwhelms us and outpours around us into everything that we run into and every situation that we live in and every job that we do. As a matter of fact, when we think about the image of God, one of the things that we can think of is we think, well, that's just kind of our, our time where, where humans were created in the image of God. And, and I want to push back on that a little bit. I think the image of God, I think that is a job description, not a title. The image of God is a job description. It is our job. It is what we are to be about. We're supposed to represent and demonstrate the love and grace of Jesus Christ in every situation. We're supposed to represent and demonstrate the the power and the transforming nature of the relationship we have with Christ, which changes us from the inside out. As a matter of fact, we are supposed to be about our Father's business. Our Father in heaven, who was Jesus' Father in heaven, and through the Spirit and through the grace that we have received, is our Father as well. And, and this is the hope that we have in Jesus. And, and so when we think about that, what is this job description really calling us to do? Uh, you know, maybe you're sitting out there and you're like, well, the Great Commission, go and, and make disciples of everyone. But it starts even before that. Jesus says this in Matthew's gospel, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This, this was a common saying in the day of Jesus, but Jesus was about to flip that on its end. He says this, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He, God, causes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And, and when we think about that, the, the sun rises on both good people and bad people. The rain falls, which is a good thing in an arid climate. When the rain falls, things grow. And the rain falls on both the righteous and the unrighteous. God is not holding back his love and grace to everyone that he comes in, that, that, that has been created. So if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Are, you not, are, are not even the tax collectors doing that? If you, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? And then Jesus says this, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I, I don't know about you, but when I read that last line, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, I'm really... In my head, I think, well, surely he doesn't mean perfect, perfect, right? I mean, what does he mean by be perfect as God is perfect? Because I know when I examine myself that I am not, I am far from perfect. I am so far from perfect, it's not even funny. And so what does that look like? How can we live into that? And that's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that we are being perfected. We are being made more and more like Jesus, that we release 
ourselves to become more like Christ, that we release the, the brokenness that we've been clinging to so desperately and, and allow instead Jesus' light to come into our lives and allow in that time and in that place God to make a difference within us and that echoes around us. That's that idea of the image of God being made more and more like Jesus, being perfected more and more in the presence of God's Holy Spirit so that we can be obedient to the Father and to the call that He has on our lives and to the direction that that takes us. And so we, we come together in, in a group and we try to come, come uh, and learn more about Jesus, but it's not just about learning, it's about activity, it's about doing, it's about passionately following the teachings that God has and, and taking those into the world to be different on behalf of Jesus Christ. That's how we radiate God's love and light back into the world. When, when uh, my kids were young, we would play this game. It was called What If, right? And we would make up this crazy scenario like, what if you were on a plane and it crashed in the Amazon jungle? What would you do? So what, what if uh, you were uh, in, uh, you know, on Mount Everest trying to climb it? What would you do? And, and my guess is, uh, quite frankly, that there are several people in, in our online community that this last week they were playing what if pretty hard because they were thinking, what if I won the lotto? Um, what would I buy? How would I spend all that money? Um, <laughs> I know who you are. It's cool. <laughs> uh, but the truth is, that if we take that concept, the idea of the what-if game, uh, and we apply that to, to our faith, I think that can inspire us to live more like Jesus, to allow God's light and love in our life to, to sh be shared with everyone we come in contact with. And here's what I mean. What if you lived every day like you were going to meet Jesus? At the end of the day, you were going to go and meet face-to-face with Jesus. Would you do things differently? My guess is if you're like me, you definitely would, that there would be a whole lot more compassion, a whole lot more grace. And, and so what if you lived every day like that? What if you said to yourself, you know, we've got to really get, get control of this and, and start to live like Jesus said to do? Because he doesn't leave that open for us. He says, hey, if you're my disciples, you're going to love. If you're my disciples, you're going to follow me. You're going to do the things that I said and follow the way that I lived. And, and that's what we need to be about. That is our job description. That's part of the image of God. What if you loved everyone you met like they were precious to Jesus. Now that one's tough for everybody because if you don't know somebody, you can think to yourself, man, it's hard to, to love people I don't know. Uh, it's even harder to love people you do know. That's the problem. And so what Jesus is saying is he's saying, we, we need to do this. We need to take it seriously because everyone, everyone is precious to me. And I have called you to be the light of the world, to reflect and radiate my light and my love into the world, not radiate and reflect hate, not animosity, not anger, but love and compassion, grace and forgiveness, and the hope that comes from Jesus Christ. And, and finally, what if you reflected Jesus' light into the world today? Not not sometime down the future, not when I get around to it, not after I've studied more of Jesus' word, not after I've learned Greek or Hebrew, whatever it takes. No, instead, what if you reflected Jesus' light into the world today to make a difference for Jesus right here and right now? 
to, to, to put into effect the things that Jesus says, to, to take that seriously on your life and to imagine yourself being given the power and authority because you already have, in Jesus' name, been given the power and authority to be filled with grace and love rather than to be held back by sin and brokenness. Friends, this is what Jesus is calling us to. Jesus wants us to be the light, to reflect Jesus into the world and to share that light and life with everyone we come in contact with. I, I can't stress this too much. This is, this is the calling we have, is to share Jesus with everyone, to let them know that God loves them and that God desires a relationship with them. And maybe in your mind, you're thinking, you can imagine some of, the, some of the major players in the world stage that have made a huge impact for Jesus. I mean, we're talking people like Peter and Paul, both of which uh, followed Jesus even to execution. Both of them were martyred for their faith, but they made such an impact to the world, sharing the love and grace of Jesus Christ. One of my favorites is John Wesley. Uh, John Wesley uh, took the Word of God back away from just church buildings to the people that needed to hear about God, and, and it started a revival that swept across the world, and his love and compassion led him to start ministry after ministry to do things for Jesus, not to just contemplate, not to sit back and think what it would look like if, but instead to actually go and do a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated Martin Luther King Day, and Martin Luther King Jr. was a, a powerful proponent of the power of love, how love can overcome even the darkness, and love would win everything over. And today, it still stands that love is more powerful than hate and anger and violence, and love can shift perspective. And so Martin Luther King might be somebody that you think of. Uh, maybe you think of Mother Teresa. Uh, this, this woman who left everything and went to the slums of India so that she could make a difference for those people that everybody else didn't want anything to do with, uh, that, so that she could help and heal and show the light and love of Jesus Christ to everyone she encountered, even the ones that were outside of normal uh, community, even the ones that were on the fringes of society that others thought were beneath them, she loved and showed compassion to. And, and, and it changed everything for those that she encountered. And her name is synonymous with, with people making a difference for Jesus Christ. Here closer to home, maybe Sister Lorraine, who started the kitchen in Springfield. Uh, she, she had a powerful impact on homelessness and on feeding people that were, were in difficult times. Her love and compassion was known throughout Springfield, and, and there's so many others. My guess is that if you think about it, maybe it's not somebody with a big name that's really impacted your life. Maybe it's somebody that you knew, a, a friend or a family member that had the right stuff their, their life, the way they lived their lives, 
just reflected and radiated Jesus, so much so that you wanted to be more like them because you saw Jesus in them. I have a really good friend named Michael, and his passion and love for Jesus Christ has inspired my life and my hope for being more like Jesus each and every day. My, my father, who went from being pagan to being a faithful Christian, leading one of the churches that, that he attended, I, I mean, just, just as a deacon, it's just inspiring to me to see the everyday average people that are working in the kingdom of God to bring about the sharing of God's light, love, and all of the things that God is about. And so far too frequently, we step back and we say, oh, well, we can't do that. We can't, we can't live that way. We can't give that way. We can't love that way. And, and that's not the language of Jesus. The language of Jesus is all things are possible with God. The language of Jesus is if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to get up and move and it will move. The language of Jesus is one of power and authority. The God of all creation is dwelling within us. How can we hold back from doing the work that God has called us to? And so in the beginning, when God said, let there be light, and there was light, and it was good, and then through Jesus, God says, let my light shine in the darkness, and we are the light of Jesus Christ. Let us go into his world proclaiming his love, grace, and compassion, and making a difference for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Gracious God, you are so amazing, so powerful, and so worthy of our praise. Thank you for all that you have done for us, but now help us to prepare, to get to work, not, not to prepare to plan and, and not ever take a step, but to prepare to take the step today that makes a difference in your kingdom forever, to take a step today to show love and compassion, to take a step today to recognize how precious others are to you, to take a step today to realize that you are right here in our presence with us, that you are within us and, and we need to be radiating your light and your love to everyone we encounter. And, and if there's somebody out there today that, that is hearing this message and for the first time they're feeling the tug of Jesus on their heart, God, I just pray that you would be with them, that you would open their heart and their mind so that they can experience the radical love and grace that comes from Jesus Christ, that they can get forgiven for the brokenness and, and the, the, the things that have gone wrong in their lives and instead embrace the light so that they can start to share that light with others. God, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of us agreed and said, amen.